Good evening, America, and welcome to Restoring Your Republic, brought to you by Republic for the United States of America.org. Lawfully restoring our constitutional republic, peacefully and lawfully and legally. And it's all been done and waiting for you. Justice Waters? Thank you, Governor. First thing that we, the people, have to do under law is regain everything that was taken from us. This document is us stating we the people, that would be you and I, are taking back what was stolen from us from the mid-1800s by that particular Congress and President Grant, who signed that into law, that did away with the republic, brought in the corporate government. This is your document. So with that, Jen, well, I appreciate you coming on. Would you please read our Declaration of Sovereign Intent and Interest? Thank you. It would be my honor, Governor Carpenter. Proclamation of Claim and Interest on day 30, April 2012. From and by limited sovereign authority delegated by we, the people, on the Republic for the United States of America. To the United States of America, comma, Department of Defense, comma, Joint Chiefs of Staff, semicolon, and to the world, and all people, and all public and private persons, and all caps, United States, comma, the municipal corporation, semicolon, and all subsidiaries thereof at Al, and the International Court of Justice at The Hague, and the United Nations, and the Universal Postal Union, or UPU, and we the people, in God we trust, present and hereby serve notice of claim and interest and continue in peace and offer conditional forgiveness. And whereas we the people proclaim, order, hold, continue, honor, and abide by the, quote, Declaration of Sovereign Intent, unquote, instituted by presentment on behalf of we the people. Whereas, we the people presented the, quote, Declaration of Sovereignty for the Republic of the Small U United States of America, unquote, circa July 2010, to the following, colon, the Committee of 300, the International Court of Justice, the United Nations, or UN, and the Universal Postal Union, or UPU. And we the people claim all rights and uses pursuant to Flag Act of 1777, Flag Act circa 1794, Flag Act circa 1818, and Flag Act circa 2011. And we the people claim all rights and uses pursuant to Seal Act circa 1782, including the de jure 
United States of America, great seal. And we the people claim all rights and uses for the phrases, words, and letter combinations, colon, quote, the Republic of the Small United States, unquote. Quote, the Republic of the United States, unquote. Quote, the Republic for the United States, unquote. Quote, Republic for the Small United States, unquote. Quote, Republic for the United States, unquote. Quote, Republic of the Small United States, unquote. Quote, Republic of the United States, unquote. Quote, the lowercase United States, unquote. Quote, the Republic of the lowercase U United States of America, unquote. Quote, the Republic of the United States of America, unquote. Quote, the Republic for the United States of America, unquote. Quote, Republic for the lowercase u, United States of America, unquote. Quote, Republic for the United States of America, unquote. Quote, Republic of the lowercase u, United States of America, unquote. Republic of the United States of America, unquote. The lowercase United States of America, unquote. Quote, lowercase u, United States of America, unquote, and as referenced in the Constitution of the United States of America, circa 1789, quote, the United States of America, as alternate forms and denotes, quote, Republic for the United States of America and all deviations and variations thereof. And we the people reserve all rights and uses for the abbreviation, phrases, words, and letter combinations. Quote, USA, unquote. Quote, US, unquote. Quote, U period, S period, unquote. Quote, U period, S period, A period, unquote. Quote, capital R, lowercase U, S, A, unquote. Quote, lowercase U, uppercase S, and A, unquote. Quote, uppercase R, lowercase O-U, uppercase S, uppercase A, unquote. Quote, uppercase R, lowercase S-U, uppercase S, uppercase A, unquote. Quote, all caps, R-U-S-A, unquote. Quote, uppercase R, lowercase O, uppercase U, uppercase S, uppercase A, unquote. Quote, uppercase R, lowercase S, uppercase U, S, and A, unquote. Quote, lowercase U, uppercase S, unquote. Quote, uppercase R, lowercase U, uppercase S, unquote. And, quote, all caps, R-U-S, unquote. To be abbreviated forms and denote the, quote, Republic for the United States of America, unquote and all deviations and variations thereof, and. Thank you very much, Jen, for that reading. America, the rest of this, you can go to our republicforunitedstatesofamerica.org, and you can read that in its entirety. And I know we uh, plan on doing more of those reading as the week come to us here. Okay, and I'll, I'll pick up here. With respect to Article 1 of the Treaty of Amity, 
commerce, and navigation, here in after, referred to as the Jay Treaty, signed at London, November 19, 1794, ratified June 24, 1795, at Philadelphia, and now comes we the people giving sufficient notice, affirming, claiming, accepting, adopting, and asserting that, whereas we the people are created equal, and whereas we the people, by natural birthright and sovereign right, held by indigenous power, live in inherent freedom granted by Almighty Creator, by divine providence, and whereas we the people are named successor, hyphen, or party, in interest, and as rightful heirs to the Constitution circa 1791, with lawful right of claim for the Republic for un capital United States of America, have re-inhabited the de jure government, which have, was abandoned under duress and replaced by officers and employees of the United States Municipal Corporation. All subsidiaries thereof, example, and all others committing such fraud, usurping sovereignty of the people by fraud and deception, and whereas we the people recognize the absolute right of people to contract with the all capital letters, United States, Municipal Corporation, and its subsidiaries, ETAL. And whereas we the people stand in agreement on Chapter LX11 of an act to provide governance for District of Columbia, dated February 21, 1871, which states in part, in quote, may contract and be contracted with, end quote. And whereas we the people hold absolute unlimited right to contract and not to contract with any corporation, and colon there, we held the, and determined that the United States Municipal Corporation abused the letter of law and the founders of the United States Municipal Corporation acted and contracted with ill intent by not giving full disclosure, we the people. Whereas, we the people hold, the founders of the, all capital letters, United States Municipal Corporation, deceived us into involuntary servitude as corporate subjects without knowingly and willingly giving consent, according to law. Consent of we the people is required before elect, elected officials of capital letters, United States Municipal Corporation may act, and whereas we the people hold, in quote, contract by deception is not contract and is contrary to law. No law shall be passed impairing obligation of contracts, in, that's in quote, obligation of contracts, as guaranteed by Article 1, Section 10 in the Constitution of the United States of America, circa 1791. Whereas we the people hold, this is no one with sufficient standing, authority, or ability to counter, memorialize, abrogate, or rebut our documented evidence and these self-evident truths. And 
whereas we the people as a paramount party to the Treaty of Ghent circa 1814 provide notice of our original jurisdiction and our capacity of sovereigns over the trespassing foreign municipal corporations such as capital letters United States ETAL or their agents, employees, representatives, officers, or contractors, A hyphen Z, 1 hyphen 301, E-T-C-E-T-E-R-A, and whereas upon lawful proof of valid claim by any party, the Republic for United States of America will negotiate said claim with the claimant since it is the best interest of we the people to satisfy our lawful obligations and committee and mutual peace with all nations. And whereas with respect to Article One of the Jay Treaty, the Jay Treaty limits any person, in quote, including corporations and other subdivisions of the Crown to inferior position with respect to we the people. And we the people affirm by overture dictum on chapter, UN chapter circa 1950, continuous and in full force and effect limiting preventing state parties from using treaties or other instruments to increase their control over domestic citizens. Governor Hanning? Yes, David. I believe you missed one paragraph. It starts with whereas we the people hereby hold, claim, enforce, continue, take, and accept respective jurisdictions on the land within meets and bounds of said union lawful authority, thereof to self-determination by accepting responsibility for all related acts and actions. And I yield the floor back to you, sir. Thank you for catching that, David. Uh, let's finish up. Thank Go you. Uh, whereas the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America, Exhibit 2A, C, 1776, was served on the King of Great Britain by our founding fathers, declaring our separation from governance by tyranny. And the declaration maintains that we, the people, continue certain unalienable rights granted by the Almighty Creator, by divine providence. And some of these certain rights were documented by the Bill of Rights, Exhibit 2C, 1791, being part of our founding documents and accumulated legacy of the people of America. And we, the people, are specific designated parties in interest, successors, and beneficiaries of said Bill of Rights contract, in quotation there, expressly and explicitly reserving certain rights and imposing certain limitations upon the delegated government of we, the people. And, whereas the founders of the Constitution, C. 1789, ordained, established, and included the Bill of Rights in the Constitution, C. 1791, and established absolute limits for governance delegated by we the people, the Bill of Rights invoked and affirmed by written record some natural certain rights the Almighty Creator originally granted being absolute, natural, unalienable, inherent rights belonging to the we the people. The Bill of Rights was not complete enumerating said rights, but was inclusive. The Bill of Rights can never be abrogated, infringed, denied, altered, abridged, or compromised by any governance or by any others and natural rights or unalienable by any means. That just concludes that page right there. So, Jim, you're on, you got the floor now. Anybody want to open up with the comments on these two pages here? Joe? Anybody want to interact? Go ahead. Thank you, Joe. I'd like to invite Justice Waters on to give us a little 
history and explain to the American people why this document is so important. Justice Waters. Thank you, Governor. First thing that we, the people, have to do under law is regain everything that was taken from us. What this document, what we've read tonight, is us stating we the people, that would be you and I, are taking back what was stolen from us from the mid-1800s by that particular Congress and President Grant, who signed that into law that did away with the republic, brought in the corporate government. So what we're doing here is, under law, we are telling the entire world that we, the Republic for the United States of America, are, have always been the lawful government of this nation. We are the ones that govern ourselves, that the corporate government that is in existence is a fraud, it's fake, they are actors trying to act like they are governing, but in reality, they have done nothing in law or under law that gives them the right. Number one, they did not go to we the people, as the Constitution states, has to be done to change anything in that Constitution. It has to be done by the states, two-thirds vote, and then it has to be done by two separate Congresses in accordance to the Constitution to make any change in that Constitution. That was not done. It was done overnight. The people had no say. They didn't even know it. For a lot of people in that day, 1871, it took them years to find out they no longer had a republic. So. What we are doing, what we read tonight, was us telling the world we are here, we are holding the seats, we are claiming what was stolen from us. Now, that's about as far as we've gotten tonight. So, Governor, I yield back to you. Thank you, uh, Justice Waters. Would you please explain the, the three flags to act that we uh, commented on? I think the American people would be interested in a deeper understanding of that, Justice Walters. Well, you know, back when we were still trying to break away from England, back in the early 1700s, before the Revolutionary War even started, you are not known publicly until you have an ensign. An ensign is a flag that flies over your ground, over your ship out on the seas, that lets everybody know who you are, who you belong to. Under international law, it is the sign of territory. When you see that flag, whatever it's on or over, that is, is over or on, is part of that entity, that nation. We have to have a flag that denotes who we are. It says everything about who we are and what we are. They went through a series of flags. They went through the first flag act, and they had two other flag acts 
that took place, mainly because they were bringing other states in, and they had to change the stars. They never changed the stars and stripes as their placement or what it looked like, just the amount of stars. But then the corporation took over, and they changed the flag. They put a gold fringe around it, which denotes in a lot of ways a form of martial law. Law of the Sea. And what they did was they put that in all your your churches, all your schools, every government building. Get on a magazine that sells flags and see if you can find one that you can buy and fly in your establishment that does not have a gold fringe around it. In accordance to their U.S. code in Title IV, only the president has the authority to put that gold fringe around the flag. Well, guess who did that? Yes, sir. Started with President Grant. That gold fringe simply belongs to the military. It's a military flag, and then on that part, it is only a parade flag. It's so the fringes don't get torn in the wind. That's why they put it on the flag to, to march with down the street or down the road. That's what it's for. The president changed that without the people's consent. And the next thing you know, it's popping up in churches, schools, and government buildings. This denotes who is in charge of wherever you're at. So when you walk into your church, which is a 501c3 church, government-run, government-owned, because you pay taxes to that government as a church. Now, you're going to tell me, well, churches are not, they're tax-exempt. No, they're not. They pay employees. Employees have to pay taxes. So you walk into that church, and the first thing you realize is up front, by where the preacher stands and sits, is a flag, a flag of maybe the church, the state that you're in, and then you have that U.S. flag, and guess what? It has tassels and a gold fringe around it. The first thing that tells you, remember what an ensign is, it tells you who is whose property that is, that flag belongs to corporate America, not the republic, but corporate America. So when you walk into that church and you see that flag up there, what it's telling you is you just walked in the ground that belongs to the U.S. corporation. That means the pastor, one night out of the entire year, becomes the president because you, as a church, vote in officials, your deacons, your elders, you cast votes. That is because it's a corporate church. It's the most simplest way to put it, to understand it. If you hold elections like that in your church, then you belong to the U.S. corporation based on that flag. It stands up there in the front. You go to a court. You walk into the court. You walk up past the bar. 
You are now in their territory where their flag sits. That judge has ultimate rule, ultimate everything. He is God in that courtroom. You, when you cross over and you go through that little gate and you go up to the, to the stand where you are a witness, you are on U.S. corporate property because of that flag. That's why that judge can tell you, do, don't you ever bring up the Bill of Rights or the Constitution. Don't you ever say to me that you are a sovereign because you're not. That flag says differently, and that flag gives him the ability to change laws when he wants to because that is his reign. Now, people may not like to hear that, but guess what? Watch the news today about what's going on with Trump. Every court that somebody's going into, they come out with a different type of ruling. You know why? Because every judge in every courtroom can make the laws as they go. That's what the corporate does. Corporation has no regard for your rights, for your constitution, for your ability, your God-given rights. They don't care if you have free speech or not because of that flag. So this republic in 2010, when it re-inhabited, one of the first things we did was we had to establish a flag that flies on the ground that represents we, the people of the republic, the original government. And we have a flag that says that. And that's why you, you read in here about the Flag Act of 2010. Because we established an ensign that tells the world who we are and where we are. That allows us then to stand. And if you'll notice in courts of law, when everything goes sour for everything else, they cannot touch that flag. You know why? Because it's like flying it at an embassy. It isn't corporate land. It's republic land. And if they walk on republic land to do something illegal or unlawful, it is considered an act of war according to international law. And that's why they will leave whoever flies that flag alone unless that person purposely goes out, steps off that property, and then commits a crime. But they can't come on the property to do anything to anybody because it isn't their legal jurisdiction to do anything. It belongs to the Republic. The Republic flag is there. We have them. You can buy them. You can order them through the Republic website. And I would advise you to become part of the Republic and get it because it's going to probably save you a lot of trouble coming down the road. Thank you, Justice Waters. You know, you watch what you do rather than listen to what they say. Some of us are probably aware that this year they came out with a whole bunch of flags that are considered patriot flags by the patriot community, but the three letters, corporation, considers them uh, to be insurrectionists or, or terrorist people. 
and together flag, the don't cut on me, the, all these different flags. There's probably eight or ten of them on that that they identified as terrorists. But they didn't identify us as terrorists, and they know who we are. Because okay. the Hurtners, myself, my Waters, all of us can testify that we've had a conversation, personal conversation with the three letters. They know who we are. Our flag isn't on the terrorist list, folks. You think we don't I have, have some question, clout? Jim? You think we don't have some clout? You think we, it's not for real? Well, think again. America, go to uh, RepublicCorpsUnitedStatesOfAmerica.org. We've read the, some of the proclamation of claim of interest tonight. You can go to uh, interim records tab there and, and read the balance of that proclamation. And also you can read the Declaration of Sovereign Intent at that same tab. There's many other tabs there on that website that you can educate yourself. There's videos of President Geiger. Uh, there's where, where do I get involved if you've pledged allegiance to the, the flag for the republic for which it stands. You, you are one of we the people. You've taken that pledge to your republic uh, here in America. And there's many other tabs there about the republic. You can order your Forever Glory flag that was voted on Flag Act of circa 2011. Um, you can order that flag also there and fly it proudly um, without fear. You know, America, there's been some books that have been written. Uh, Dave and Jean Hurtler have spent three and a half, four years of their lives, donated their time donated the books when they're finished uh, to the Republic for you, the We the People. Uh, those Volume 1 is the Truthful History of America. Um, also, Volume 2 is the Reinhabitation, the story of the Reinhabitation here in America. You can order those books at Barnes & Noble or Amazon.com or ReinhabitedRepublic.com. You can educate yourself. Uh, let's not forget our Holy Bible that our founding fathers used to write the Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution is gleaned from the rules of our Father God. So, America, again, RepublicForUnitedStatesOfAmerica.org. Go there and educate yourself. Teach your children truthful history here in America. Thank you, Governor Haney. I plan on printing it out and reading it on video so that there's a reading of it because a lot of people don't care or have the time or the ability to read it. Um, I'm I'm an audio guy, being a musician. I, I, I wish there was an audio version of it that I could just listen to while I'm driving down the road. That should have been done years ago. It should exist already. It doesn't. I'm going to speak it in video for the benefit of people so they can hear the whole thing. Having said that, as you know, I have links to the Republic for the United States of America on the homepage of our website. I'm essentially, you know, having spoken at length with Judge Waters and 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 uh, Governor James of Colorado, and having had uh, President Geiger on, you know, our militia me national militia meetings, I essentially, you know, could say I'm, I give them the benefit of the doubt because they appear and impress me as being honorable and, and genuine people. And, of course, I plan again on, on printing out and reading the entire, you know, DSI on video. Um, maybe, you know, it'll be interesting after I do, right? I'll have even more insights on it. But what matters to me the most, what I think is the most significant, it's ironic. I mean, I just called into your show, so I didn't hear a lot of what was going on. So I apologize if there was actually a pending question. But I, okay. I was just watching an hour-long video that was sent to me by somebody asking if I was familiar with, you know, uh, Gould, right, the guy that claims to have captured the flag. And, of course, James has said, you know, 
first in line, first in time, that they have a superior position um, over Russell J. Gould. To me, all of essentially, because I can go on with other names, as you know, right? David Strait, you know, Russell J. Gould, and there's three or four others I can mention. That's why we wanted to put the Republic out there on this podcast to unite all the other forums out there and bring them aboard so that it's just not about this forum or about the Republic, that we can all come together and work together. I believe in the Republic, and I believe that this is a lawful interim government. This is a lawful de jure government. I've read all the documents. I've studied them. If you notice in our titles, you'll find two United States of America, one with a capital U, one with a small u. The small U is used with us simply because it's not the government in charge, it's the people, the states. Everything about the Constitution is about the states. It even states that whatever's not mentioned here, and believe you me, there's a lot that's not mentioned in that Constitution, then belongs to the states. It's always the states. Now, what are the states? The states are the people. That is what makes up the state. So, Mike, you're absolutely correct. The government is there only to protect the states in general. The, the national borders have a standing military to protect the, those borders, it, to protect the people of, of the states that are on the borders. That's the federal job. It's not supposed to be big. The people are the ones that send their people to be part of the national government. They're only supposed to be there a short time. Then they go back home and let somebody else come in. This is where the, the corporation has that lifelong political career thing. And well, we know how that works. No, the Republic is not going to be like that at all. You may do two terms as a Senate. That would be 12 years. You may do two or three terms as a representative. That would only be four to six years. Then, you know, you're, you're going to probably be voted out of there because the people are constantly wanting updated. They want new things. Different things in the world are going to change. Uh, you You can't do... 1955 politics in 2022. It don't work, but that's what we got going on now. Sure, I'm a uh, I'm a district judge from the free state of Indiana. I'm not a judge in the corporation. I don't wear a black robe or anything like that. I don't even have a courtroom at the moment. I'm holding the seat of a judge. My job is to uh, rule over the state of Indiana. As, as a free state, uh, that would be my position. Until we get people in Indiana who want to take over this position, then they're welcome to do so. I mean, I'm getting up there in age, so, you know, it's not going to be long before I'm, I'm not even going to be able to do this if the Lord don't come back. So, you know, it's it's uh, it, this is why we keep saying we need you, the people, to come in and be a part of this republic, to build this thing up, we're holding the seats for you. That's what we're doing right now. I'm a judge. We got governors. Dean Henning, who you hear, he's a governor. We got Mike Binder, who's a representative. I mean, we got people from all different forms 
of the national government that is represented here, but we are holding the seats for you, the people. And there are still so, seats available. That's what you're saying. There's seats available also oh, yeah, still so that, that people can take. Yeah, okay. I just want to make sure that people... Technically, every single seat. The uh, uh, re-inhabited books. Very, Mike, you said you like books. You like to read stuff. I guess I'm going to have to send you something else also in the mail. Uh, I'm going to have to get these two books out to you because they're a great read. They're uh, re-inhabited books by David yeah, and Gene Hurtler. I've seen them, uh, yeah. Yeah, they're very, they're awesome. They're true history, uh, the lawful history of, uh, it gives you the truth for history. You said you like that Europa video you always promote. Well, this American re-inhabited, and everybody out there, you need to pick up these books and read them. And it's actually a requirement, actually, uh, you know, with schooling, you know, kind of schooling. Because well, we have to know history, and we have to be smart. And we're all knowledgeable here. We know what we're talking about. But there's people out there who don't know history. They don't know what the hell happened to America. And they're walking around with blindfolders on. Mr. Henning, real quick, you want to say something on? That? Yeah, the re-inhabited books are, are, like you said, Joe, is a part of requirement if you want to become an officer in any state that you live in. Um, you have to read those books as part of the requirement. And then there's, of course, there's vetting committee, too, that the, the president and myself and other senators and other people, uh, I think Justice Waters on there, uh, the vetting committee, we vet those people. Yeah. Uh, to be yeah. able to become part of the republic, you know. Also, years ago, um, that we used to have a call team, and I was the lead of that. Uh, we used to call over 200 people per week and explain the republic to them. And we we established many states at that time. Yeah, thank you. I I have been a, been in this for quite a while, and in 2012, I signed a affidavit of sovereign rights. What value is that document today, and what updates would I need? Okay, Governor Henning. Yeah, welcome, and um, I'm glad to hear that you signed that. That's probably the Declaration of Sovereign Rights. We did a lot of that in the beginning that we, everybody, all the meetings that people wanted to be part of the Republic, they would put the, their signature, swear an oath, do their signature in a red thumbprint. Um, we have discontinued that at this time, uh, but hold on to that document. I, I Pray that it, that'll be uh, needed in the near future. Uh, Justice Waters, do you have anything further on that for that gentleman? Yes, Governor. You know, I appreciate the fact that you were there. People that were there that signed these things, all these documents. You know, it, it's it's really worth your weight in gold. Uh, it means something. It's it's like taking an oath to something. And you know um, we're we're grateful and we're glad that you're you're still here you're still with us. The document itself, you know, like like the governor said, it's not in use. I would keep it, put it in your safe or whatever. But that doesn't that doesn't change anything of where your standing is in the republic itself. Uh, okay, okay, okay. That's if, that's if you would like hand. to contribute and be a part of. You know, uh, an official seat. Uh, be sure to get a hold of us, and we'll we'll get you going. If you are going to be vetted and become an officer in your your home state, the DSR will be part of the requirement to become an officer that, with okay. your oath on it. Very good. And I mean, I, I'm hearing the dilemma you guys are speaking to about the Constitutional Republic. And by the way, I haven't been here because I was in Florida helping some colleagues of mine who retired to Florida with. Uh, some problems they had, and we while they are all former members of the armed forces, all of them were police officers, many of whom 
I trained myself in firearms usage uh, while they were police officers. Uh, we, we, it, you know, a militia really wasn't necessary because the state was so orderly run by Governor DeSantis. There was no widespread looting or anything else. The, the, the period, relatively speaking, was very orderly. So it wasn't even really necessary. We were really an association of armed people exercising our rights to free association and the Second Amendment. We didn't really need to form ourselves into a, into a militia. But I helped them with other things, so that's why I haven't been around. But okay, let, let me speak as as to I think the issue with making people understand the Constitutional Republic, and it's like Joe just said a minute ago. We don't need history. Well, we do need history because history is always valuable and informs the present. So we do need history. But what I think we need more than even history is education. You have no idea how hard it is for me to get across to people what the Constitutional Republic is. I mean, most people believe, they don't believe that the Constitutional Republic is an order of precedence, we the people, number two, the sovereign states, and number three, the federal government in most things, except those things in which the Constitution grants supremacy to the federal government, but it never grants supremacy over the people in anything. In any, it's almost impossible to get people to understand it. Most people, if you ask them, will believe the federal government is first, Followed by the states, and then lastly, the people. That is the biggest hurdle, I think, to getting them to understand the Constitutional Republic. I mean, how do we go about getting them? Because that's what, if you tell them what the order of the Constitutional Republic is, with the three branches that are most important, they will repeat the, la the latter uh, example I gave. And to say otherwise to most of them is hearsay. Hearsay is heretical. So how do we go about getting people to understand this so they can have a better understanding of how to implement the Constitutional Republic? Good point, Sarge. Good point, because in the militia meeting uh, this past weekend, I brought that up about the Republic, and I believe it was Susan that was on there. She made a comment, no, no, we don't need a federal government anymore. Remember, Mike? We, I, that comment was made at me, and I wasn't trying to make that point. It's a good point, Sarge, because I just had that dilemma on, in the Zoom call with uh, Mike there with the militia. Well, well having we'll get a government without the federal government would not be a constitutional republic. I mean, I'm sorry, it's there. And it's clear the framers wanted it. I mean, they put it in there. You know, Article 1, what's in there? The powers of Congress. Congress shall have the power to. Article 1, Section 8. There it is. So whatever any, anybody who says we don't need a federal government is talking about forming an entirely different form of government. They are completely eschewing the constitutional republic. What we need to make people understand is the federal government is not the most important entity for the most part in the constitutional republic. That's all. Um, I think when I mentioned the Republic, actually, specifically the Republic for the United States of America, she agreed, and, and she she kind of indicated that they were in harmony with one another. Yeah, just to answer a couple of questions with one comment here, where does the power come from? The power and the authority comes from the people. That's why we have a Second Amendment. That's why the founders put that there. The, the ultimate power and the ultimate authority come from the people, and the people are the state. So who has the ultimate power and authority? The people of the state. It doesn't come from the government. It comes from you, the people. And that's why we constantly say we need you to become a part of us so you can delegate the power and the authority 
to the government. That's what the Constitution is there for. It's from we the people. It's always the people of the Republic that have the power and the authority. Nobody else does. Well, uh, the judge said it pretty good there, Judge Waters. Thanks. That was that was well stated. My dad was standing on my shoulders and heard the judge, and he, he, his question was if that requires a majority rule of the people. If each state, if each state has the majority of the people desire to have to change the status quo to a a, a legitimate de jure right government, the majority of the citizens of of that state should have the power over the ones that are opposing. Right. Right. So his question, I guess, judges, you know, and I think it's answered by the, you know, by the 30,000, if I'm not mistaken, but what, what, what is, what is it in terms of being able to change a sovereign state over to where it has nothing to do with the fact of government, it's just a de jure government? Like what requirement, what amount of people, what percentage? percentage 30,000, I believe. 30,000 comes in. 30,000. Right, so they're saying to that, to that, Dad, that, that, that when there's 30,000 people in a state that all agree to vote on that, that that's what the requirement is, 30,000. And yes. you say that requirement, that I think I heard once that that comes from the, the Northwest Ordinance. Ordinance, that, that, yes, yes, correct. correct. You know, America, you know, it's great to get together and we talk together and we try to work things out. It's we the people that have to come together. There's so many different factions and thoughts on how we should return our republic. But your republic has been restored here for you, we the people. Uh, I want to go ahead and close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time we can come together as human beings and people of this great country called America. This experiment that our founding fathers started uh, back in the 1700s, we believe that we have lawfully and peacefully re-inhabited. This is your kingdom, dear Jesus. And we all go in peace and love from this point. Amen. God bless America. Praise God. Amen.